Are you ready? Say it like that, then your toes won't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, and four. Welcome to the RSVP Maybe Podcast, where we are always unfiltered and unapologetic. Navigating life's messes as modern-day women. I'm Brooke. And I'm Anna, and we're so glad you're here. Welcome to the show today. I'm Brooke. I'm Anna. And we're glad you're here. Um... As you know, I like to play that intro because it makes me feel jazzy and fun. Um, if, <laughs> you, if you like our episodes, please share them with friends who you think would benefit from them. We really appreciate uh, anyone who are yes. able to help and guide through life's messy thoughts as women. Um, yeah. Overthought. Overthinking. Letting people know they're not alone. Correct. So if you um, like our Stuff, share it alike with friends, family, whoever, coworkers that you think would benefit from listening to an episode of Anna and I discuss all of our experiences. All of the things. <laughs> never know what you're going to get. Never know. <laughs> you never know. Um, you say, whatever. What? Um, it's been like a <laughs> Where are we going with that one? Just going to tell We're a Grizzly story, but that's off topic. So um, anyways... We today are discussing body shaming. Actually, mm-hmm. no. I want to discuss, it's body shaming, yeah, but it's actually cancel culture and the bullshit that it is um, and the inability for people to speak their own personal truth without being mm-hmm. bombarded mm-hmm. with opinions from other people um, and hate messages from other people. We're pretty heated about this, so buckle up. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole thing is, um, this is a T-Swift-related episode um, which typically I try not to get too wrapped up, although her stuff, her content this year has been really good. Her songs, the, the writing that she's done in the, um, I think fucking incredible. Yeah. Like on raw honesty has been, uh, empowering for a woman artist to be able to share a lot of the things that she's sharing to help people process through things. So I got nothing but love for Swifty feet. What's her, <laughs> is that what? I don't know. Swift nation. What's, I don't what's know. your group name? Friend grape, the tea heads. What are they called? I don't know. Uh, they're called Swifties. I think they're Swifties. Swifties. Okay. I mean, there's multiple terms, I think. But yeah. So but the yes. latest and greatest is her new album dropped, and everyone's all abuzz, all abuzz, trying to put the timeline of the thing in order from listening to this Easter song to this song to that song yeah, to yeah. this song. Like, so there's like a chronological order, but it's not in chronological order. But people have figured out the chronological <laughs> order. Lots of time on people's hands to figure this shit oh, out. Oh yeah, um, taken over all of the things. Yeah. However. Much like the spelling can be fun in the Brandon Yuri video that she did where she had to remove that aspect of the video that they did, um, she has this video, and on the scale it says fat. And that was what the original content of the video was, and she's sharing her own inter- insecurities and her own struggles within her own little body, mm-hmm. uh, things that she struggles with, Um and yet everyone on the planet, it feels like, came after her because she's not fat. And she doesn't know fat what it feels phobic. like to be fat. And she shouldn't have the word fat written on the, the scale. Like, this whole thing has me... Raged, filled. Literally. Same, though. So 
a little, I guess, backstory too with it. So the song is the anti-hero song. And if you just like pull up the lyrics, first of all, the lyrics of the song are incredible. She is a lyrical genius, I swear. But um, she said that in the release of it, that the clips served as a way for her fans to watch her nightmare scenarios and intrusive thoughts play out in real time. So the premise of the song is a lot of it, I think, is about like her internal dialogue. Um, and I think in some ways people pleasing, there's a lot of different, um, videos out there of people like kind of breaking down the lyrics and what they think it means that are really good. Um, but yeah, I think the basis of that specific scene is her talking about her struggles, her body issues that she deals with. And she's been open about the fact that she's struggled with an eating disorder. So why is it, why is she wrong in saying that when she gets on the scale, no matter what the number on the scale is, she still thinks that she's fat. She still struggles with that. I don't, I think like we talked about in a a previous episode, but like, it doesn't matter what you put out on the internet. People are going to find a way to rip it to shreds and hate on it. Well, here, I think I'm more pissed off that she took it down because who fucking cares what people think, honestly? Well, yeah, it's not here. You being pissed off because she used the word fat is not going to stop her from selling millions and millions of seats at her tours. It's not going to stop her from selling out stadiums and making millions of dollars. So what's the fucking point? In some ways, I think in the way that cancel culture is in our, in like today's age, it, does have the potential to cancel out all of those things because we've seen people that have said maybe inappropriate things years ago when it wasn't necessarily considered so inappropriate. But regardless, we've seen people get totally canceled for things that they'd said years ago. So I feel like today I can't imagine what it's like trying to be an artist and like having to tiptoe around every little thing to make sure that you don't offend somebody because at the risk of offending people and creating an uproar like this, there is a potential of you getting shut down. It was not Taylor Swift. I mean, probably not, not, but she's not Kanye. She's not out there. Like she's not shaming anyone. That's the, that's the thing that I think is so triggering for me about this is she's actually just showcasing how she feels. And here, I don't care if you're fat or you're skinny or you're happy with your body or you love the body positivity movement or you hate the body. Like, I don't care what your stance is. The point is that she herself is in an industry where if you wear above a size four, you are considered fat, period, end of story. You are in the music industry. You are in the spotlight. You are on television. You are in Hollywood. And I don't give a fuck what any of those people speak out for public relations. The reality of the matter is if you are in those industries, your looks, your physical appearance, Mm -hmm. your weight, and your size of the clothes that they're fitting to put on you for tours and for travel and for shows and for promos matters. Mm-hmm. So there is a, I was uh, doing some research on Twitter and all the things. Um, and somebody had tweeted, uh, like quoting celebrity media, Taylor Swift is fat now that she's no longer starving herself to match her requirements. 
Same celebrity media. Is Taylor Swift being fat phobic for the way she's discussing her past eating disorder and body dysmorphia? Why should she feel bad about her body? And with this tweet, there are pictures of actual like magazine covers. One of them being titled a picture of her titled fat, fat cat. Uh, Taylor Swift's twiggy frame is little more than a memory as the pudgy pop star turns 30. And then the second one, is she pregnant? Because she's got... And, well, and nobody, nobody bats an eye at buying these. The people right. who are complaining about this don't bat an eye buying those magazines and reading them. And, but that's the thing. is like, so how can we have all of these comments about her body and then at the same time when she's struggling with body issues because of these comments about her body, shame her even more? for the fact that she struggles with it. And my issue too is the fact that these she's being open about her demons, the things that she's struggling with. And here everyone is trying to tell her that she's wrong. When in a lot of ways, a lot of these songs I've seen consistently on TikTok, because it's all over TikTok when the album released, but I've seen so many videos of people breaking down the lyrics and and talking about how much they identify with different lyrics of different songs or give voice or words to things that they felt but didn't know how to explain. And somehow we're now just going to focus on on this thing. It's the most minuscule part of the whole video. It's like a it's second. By, it's literally like two seconds. But the backlash of this has been more harmful than the two seconds of that fucking video. Well, here. This is the the... The fact of the matter is, is body image and body size is still a very big issue for women. Um, eating disorders, disordered eating, um, fat shaming, fat phobic, you know, the other end of the spectrum, uh, inclusivity movements, like all of these things are still very um, infantile in their, in their marketing or whatever, their, their belief process. Because from the beginning of time, it's be thin and be thin. Mm -hmm. And so to change that mindset is hard, one. Um, And when you think of yourself in a certain way, I don't care what size is staring back at you, uh, you can still think that you're fat. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really up to you. It's kind of like an alcoholism. You can't tell an alcoholic what... Uh, that they're an alcoholic, they have to deem it for themselves. You can't tell someone who's thin who sees themselves as fat that they're not fat and they're not going to believe it. Like, it is not always an intention-seeking bait piece of information that's coming out of someone's mouth. And most of the time, too, they're not talking about it. It's something that they're struggling with internally. She's just the one who is vulnerable enough to put it out there. Well, she's not sharing that, like, what it's like to be a fat person, which I think is that's the thing that most people seem to be upset about is she doesn't know what it's like. No, but she sure as hell knows what a phobia of getting fat Mm -hmm. or gaining five pounds and people calling her fat. Just because she's not 300 pounds, 200 pounds, whatever, does not mean that she is not shamed 
in the referenced articles that you've mentioned already, and that she doesn't have to deal with people, men in particular, especially at the beginning of her career 15 years ago, when telling her what her body needs to look like, what her breasts need to look like, what size bra she needs to wear, what kind of top she needs to wear, where the skirt needs to rest, where her belly button indent needs to be, or they're going to airbrush this because this little dimple is out of spot for this line that they want to look perfect in an image. People have no idea the amount of pressure that a celebrity woman has to go under, especially once they really make it and they have to be put on a cover of all of these things. And the whole world is staring at your, at your body. I don't care if people say they're not, you are, you're conditioned by Mm -hmm. society to stare at an image on a magazine and think that's beautiful image. Not a beautiful image, pretty woman, not a pretty woman. Large woman, small woman. That's the way we're conditioned to think. And, um, you know, you do not have to be a size 22 to think that you're fat. Well, no, and that's the thing is that it's not that the scale showed a number and then something about her being fat. The scale had no numbers on it. It literally just had the words fat, meaning that it doesn't matter what the number on the scale is. She still sees herself that way. Right. So it's not like she's saying you have to be X amount of weight in order to feel fat. Like, So that's why I don't get why everyone is so up in arms about this. And part of the, I don't know, the whole thing, it's a, supposed to be the video, like a visual representation of what it's like to be battling yourself in your head constantly. And there are... Um, part of the lyrics of this specific song says, I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror, which to me as someone who I've struggled to look in the mirror more so from the, an aspect of like, I've hated myself so much that I couldn't look in the mirror. But like the fact that lyrics like that, as powerful as those lyrics are, are now overlooked because we're so focused on this one thing well, and taking it out of context. It's completely taken out of context. Well, it's hyper. People are hypersensitive to things that, you know, they're projecting their own shit. But this person was like, uh, it's that being fat is one of her greatest fears because fat people don't need to have it reiterated yet again, that it's everyone's worst nightmare to look like us. And I, I don't, I, I'm sorry, uh, Shira Rose is, who tweeted it, but like, I don't, um, I don't believe that. Um, I don't believe that at all. And it's not to look like you. It's a trauma that was passed on probably by her mother and her grandmother and her great-grandmother before that, and on and on and on through the generational trauma that's been instilled and pushed down daughter's throats since the beginning of time that you need to look a certain way for a man to wed you, that you need to look a certain way to be able to get, you know, far. And that's not her fault, really, actually. It's like an indoctrinated situation and it's trauma passed down through, you know, the generations. And I think that at the bottom of all of that is the worthiness factor that, like, a lot of people struggle with when it comes to weight and um, eating disorders. You know, like, I'm not worthy if I don't look a certain way. We recorded an episode. I just said it. When I break up with a, a partner that I'm like a male, like a boyfriend, romantic relationship, my immediate response is to immediately 
fix my physical image. Mm -hmm. I start busting ass and working out like crazy. I start questioning why I ate so much fatty foods. Like that is a reality of being a woman. I think Mm -hmm. maybe not where you sit in your generation, but for sure for my generation, when I was 16, 17, Kate Moss was like the, the the waif look like you, if you were not a size zero, you were fat. Your low rise pants went to above your freaking pubic bone. Like it wouldn't even cover my C-section scar. That's how low rise the pants were. And if you you couldn't, you had to be a stick, mm-hmm. you know? And in reality, I had only two friends probably that would fit the quota to match that kind of ideal oh, image, not you know? Realistic. And then look at lately, why don't people, the backlash, Kim Kardashian took her BBL out. She's losing all this weight. Now people are upset because she was like the poster child, not by choice of the body positivity movement. That was not her choice. She mm-hmm. didn't say, I'm embracing my curves and so should you. That was put on her mm-hmm. by people. Well, I think that's the thing is that you can never be just what you are. Like everybody wants you to be something more or something less. And that's just the the nature of social media is that you can never just be what or who you are. And right. you can't ever be okay with what and who you are because you can always be something more or you should always be something less. Well, in here, looking down and having a fear of becoming fat, is is that shaming fat people or is that perfectionism? Right. You know, well, people want to look mm-hmm. perfect. And, and, you know, as someone who, by the way, I have been a size 16 and I have been a size 6. So I have, my, in 42 years, I have gone tornadoed up and down the size the size chain gang like it was my job because of my own issues with my disordered eating and unhealthy life patterns and and fears of obviously fat related stuff because I the self-worth tied into weight and all the eating problems that I've had in my past but there's it in no way like has anything here, it's perfection. If I think of a perfection a image of me perfect and I close my eyes, the weight that I'm at, even currently, is not what I see. And I'm willing to bet that any woman on the planet, when she closes her eyes, 100%. I don't give a shit if you're a size 2 or a size 40. If you, Maybe you want bigger boobs. Maybe you want an ass that's a little bit more round. Maybe you want your thighs to be a little bit more defined. Maybe you want your ankles to be smaller. Like, I have a friend who's a size 3 in her whole life. She's, she calls them phalanges, this little piece of skin underneath her um, like her armpit mm-hmm. and her arm, like and she's like my phalanges. Like this chick as a flawless figure, she's gorgeous, and yet takes the time. You should see her trying to shop for a dress. It's like a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we're all conditioned we all with our bodies to, to have something that is not about. a positive yeah. thought about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And most of the time... It's weight-related. I'm sorry. It just is. And I don't take offense to her putting fat on the scale because guess what? I weigh myself every morning, and if that number goes up one pound, hand to God, I immediately fucking fat is the first thing that think crosses my mind. The first thought every day when I weigh myself. Now, I've tried to go weeks without weighing myself, 
And it, I, I literally cannot do it because I feel like I'm going to be sick if I don't step on a scale every single day. It's like this little gauge of indicator. No, it's not healthy. And I've been in therapy for it for 20 years. Like, but it's like something that just doesn't go away. And if she has a problem with disordered eating or body dysmorphia or sees herself as fat and she's not fat, it is not my job to tell her that she's not fucking fat or she's not struggling with it. Or that she's wrong for feeling I mean, no, it's not, it's not anybody's job. It's except her own and maybe her therapist to go over, you know, mm-hmm. having a different concept of worthiness and seeing herself in a different light. Yeah. So before she um, released, I think, the album, like in an interview talking about it, she said, I don't think I've delved this far into my insecurities in this detail before. I struggle a lot with the idea that my life has become unmanageably sized and not to sound too dark. I struggle with the idea of not feeling like a person. We all hate things about ourselves, and it's all of those aspects of the things we dislike and like about ourselves that we have to come to terms with if we're going to be this person. Yeah. So why, again, are we... Like, I just... I can't wrap my head around it. Weight is a trigger for a lot of women. It's a trigger. It's a trigger for me, okay? Like, I mean, clearly, I'm getting heated, and I'm, like, breaking out in my rash. Like, I get anxious... Because it's something that's such a personal struggle for me my entire life. My entire life since I was in fourth grade, I had a sister. Maybe you're the fat sister, too. I don't know. I was. My sister was born thin and could eat bags of Doritos and cookie dough and never gain a pound. And I would have one cookie, and my mom would have me out walking at, like, nine years old. So, Mm -hmm. like, you know, a lot of things, like I said, and I'm assuming for her, too, is past down not that my mother was trying to harm me she had her own fucking right. trauma from her mom who had mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's passed down and that's how all of it starts with how we feel about our bodies i try my damnedest to make my kids i don't say a word about their bodies i never have i never will i don't like ask them to weigh themselves i don't talk about i talk about them being healthy and vi- having vitality and strong and being able to do things and Do my kids see me looking in the mirror and not liking what I see? Probably. I try. I've tried since my first, my daughter is seven, my oldest is 17, and I read an article when she was very little about being comfortable in your own body means even when you're unhappy, showing your daughters that you can be comfortable in your own skin. So I would walk around naked, not like nudist, but like I wouldn't cover up in shame if she would bust in the room. Like that is very, it's a very important thing for me to pass on to my kids to be comfortable in their own skin, whether they're large or whether they're small. And trust me, my oldest has seen me at 240 pounds. She saw me at 250 when I was pregnant with her sister. Like, and she's seen me at 140 Mm -hmm. pounds. So she understands that like, even if I don't love where I'm at, I'm still comfortable being me in my own skin. Mm -hmm. But it is not Taylor Swift's job to tell me, you know, like I don't look at her and think, oh, says fat and she's not fat. I must be super fat. Like, no. Or to get, yeah, offended by it. That's your own insecurity. Correct. You're letting, yes. Um, So I've been hearing this, I've heard it a couple of times, this word popping around, even before this. If I'm going to hate it, I'm going to punch you. You're going to hate it and you're probably going to punch me. Thin privilege. Stop. So I've heard it even before this Here, whole thing. Thin privilege is a thing, okay? It's not a jo- it's not a mistake that someone who's a size zero is going to get hired over a size 22. But here's the thing. They talk about it, though, in the sense of, like, because you've been thin your whole life, you have no idea what it's like to struggle. So it's 
essentially still shaming the person for always being thin. I have known people who have tried to gain weight and can't mm-hmm. on the, the other end of that spectrum. Which sucks. But you're going to sit here. as equally as people who are say, trying to lose weight and can't. Yes, but you're going to sit here and say that they have thin privilege because they've always been thin. But it, I have watched people struggle, battle to gain weight because they've had other health issues where they cannot keep weight on. But we're going to... They have their own demons just because here, and I feel like then taking it a step further from that, the people who shame them for for being thin, right, Um, and accost them because they have no idea what it feels like to be fat, they have no idea the type of demons that those people battle, really thin Mm -mm. people who can't gain weight, how hard it is, how uncomfortable they are in their own bodies. Just because they're not on the other, the the side of the spectrum that you are on doesn't mean that... You know, they don't feel pain from their physical appearance. Well, and that's the thing. I think at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to is it doesn't matter what someone looks like, what they do, whatever. You have no idea what someone else is going through. You have no idea the thoughts that someone is constantly battling in their head on a daily basis. You don't fucking know. So you're going to sit here and hate on them or say negative things about them because of your perception or your own insecurities, not knowing what it is that person may be going through or right. struggling with or whatever. And here, that to me, weighing yourself and thinking that you're fat, uh, like the scale said, right, because it had no numbers. Um, you know, here, a lot of times our uh, eating disorders, disordered eating, um, body dysmorphia, any body related anything comes from when you start to like recognize like oh god if you feel like shit about yourself and you feel fat like so you immediately what are you going to do that day is there something you can do to control something a lot of it stems from stuff that was out of control in your life when you were younger and it's all just a pattern of persevering as a person that you took on as a little child not even recognizing but it's like a defense mechanism Mm -hmm. almost like oh i'm fat I can handle that. I can work out six hours today and mm-hmm. not eat but a Diet Coke. You know, I miss the Diet Coke cigarette diet. Like, that was 1997, <laughs> just smoke, chain smoking and drinking Diet Coke all day. <laughs> super healthy. <laughs> um, but you felt super skinny oh, at yes. the end of the day. You know, I, here, I think we have to get comfortable in our own bodies. And I think that just like people want inclusivity, if you think that that's fat shaming or somehow reminds fat people that they're gross or something that is not real, I'm sorry, it's not real. That's not relevant to what she was trying to say. Mm -mm. She's just sharing how she feels sometimes when she is alone by herself and having a raw moment and sharing it with her audience. That's what that was. But if you want to, you know, internalize it, right, and say that it's reminding fat people how disgusting they are or how feared that it is to become fat. Um, I would take an internal look on your inside mm-hmm. and say, why, why is, is that it triggering? That, why is mm-hmm. this triggering me? And also maybe we need to be more inclusive with the people that we see on the screens and the people that we see in the music industry and uh, all types of people. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing is, yeah, it's and it shows too. Again, for her to 
be that vulnerable in the lyrics and in the video, like she put herself fully out there to let the world know the thoughts and the demons that you battle with internally. And then to be shut down from that, what message is that sending? It's sending people the message again, reinforcing the message that you can't be vulnerable. You can't share this stuff because you're going to get hate for it or you're, you're wrong. You're wrong for feeling the way that you feel. Well, yeah. And I think that this notion of fat phobia also FYI, uh, it's gotten out of control. Every every fucking thing. I cannot stand. It's probably unhealthy, the level of rage that I get. Well, On anything in our culture, in our society, the level of rage that I have over the smallest things, because it's fucking ridiculous. It's ridiculous the way that it is these days. I like, can't handle it. I mean, I like that musician that came, that we watched that was like, you know, my generation, your generation, my generation, mm-hmm. your generation. Like, Well, it's true because the generation these days, right, I, I want to say whatever the – I don't know all of the terms. Whatever the generation is that's under millennial, right, that's kind of where I think a lot of the, the oversensitive – cancel culture started breeding where like you can't say anything to somebody in that that demographic without them being offended whereas as we've talked in other episodes the shit that you had to deal with or other kids in school had to deal with when you were growing up there's no like i don't know well yeah i mean it's night and day different it's insane as far as I'm concerned because here you have a person who uh, has openly for how long has she been famous for? 20 years maybe? 15? She got famous at 15. She's 30. So yeah, 15 years. Um, openly for at least five, maybe mm-hmm. 10 of the, these years once she really blew up, like has been open about her struggles with eating disorder, her own eating disorder, okay? An actual diagnosed eating disorder and is this fat phobia or is this just like gatekeeping eating disorders again yeah again can't talk about eating disorders if you're not fat because you're gonna hurt a fat person's feelings well coming from someone who's been fat and been thin like it doesn't hurt my feelings i feel bad for anyone who struggles Mm -hmm. with an eat i lived with my college roommate had god awful eating disorder anorexia and bulimia and both were disgusting like I mean, not that she was disgusting, but like watching just that, watching yeah. it was just hard, awful. And she was so small and skinny and nobody could convince her. Nobody could convince her otherwise that she was, you know, not fat and that she didn't struggle with body. Like it is a gut wrenching thing. I my sister's friend died from high school of, of an mm. eating disorder mm-hmm. in her 30s because her heart gave out. Like these are real problems mm-hmm. and it's got nothing to do with being calling all of the fat people fat and making them feel disgusting about themselves. No. It's got everything to do with her own problems and her own mental health struggles and her own insecurities and an a validated, diagnosable disease mm-hmm. called eating disorder. And that we're going to sit here and tell her she's wrong. For, for putting that. Yeah. For, for feeling that way. A two-second clip. It wasn't even two. It's probably a 0.9-second clip of a fat on a scale. When that's If that's how she feels... 
That's how she feels. Right. What other way do you describe your weight? If people are calling it fat phobic, why are signed a fat person? Well, yeah. I mean, literally, I just read four tweets. This doesn't do this, blah, blah, blah. Signed a fat person. So why do they get, you to, get say, to use? Yeah. Well, I, I saw in some tweets when I was scrolling through stuff this morning, people were talking about getting rid of the word fat. Like, I think at this point, we're just going to have no words left in the English dictionary because you're going to find a way to be offended by something. My mom used something. to say beefy, and that to me is worse. Like, if I hear someone say beefy, you're just a little beefy. Like, I would be, it makes me want to barf. When I think beefy, though, I think of, like, the, the lunk gym heads who are, like, <laughs> pumping iron. That's what I she think is beefy. She used to call my great-grandma a little beefy because she was full-figured, like, and that was not okay with my grandmother, so it was passed down to my mom and her Mm -hmm. siblings, like, that Nana was fat, like, beefy was the nice way to put it. Like, think about that. I mean, it's it's fucked up. It's a meat. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking hate that word, or or tubby. Tubby, Tubby. your little Mm -hmm. tubby. There are words that are worse than fat, I'm sorry, because they're more degrading because they're condescending at the same time. Fat is a descriptive word. Fat Just is what like happens skinny. on a cellular level. We all have fat in our body. <laughs> we're probably going to lose all of our subscribers because we're very opinionated today. Whatever. We are, but this conversations like these need to be had because if we keep on the path that we're on, I don't even want to know where we're going to no, end up. No, because here's the thing. I can talk to people who I don't agree with anything that they're saying. Literally, I can have very healthy, productive conversations with people who I don't agree with a single fucking word that's coming out of their mouth. But you know what? I'm respectful enough to be like, right. you know what? They're allowed, they at least in my opinion. country, they're allowed <laughs> to believe what they want to believe, to think what well. they want to think, and to live how they want to live as long as they're not inflicting it on the masses. Right? It used to be in our country. I don't really know if that exists in our country anymore. Well, but it's true. We can't disagree with people anymore. Like, there's just so, God, so many tangents that we could go on. Well, yeah. So I think that we'll save that part for a later (laughs) show, a later episode. But I think that inclusivity is an important, I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea from listening to this. I think inclusivity is Uh, very important, and I think that all people should be included as often as possible um, in the world in Mm -hmm. which we live, in the media that we see, in the, you know, be represented. Uh, You know, I would love to see someone in a wheelchair become Mm -hmm. a famous pop star, like, Mm -hmm. being serious. like. But yeah, uh, you know, that's the thing. Inclusivity means inclusive. That means both ends of the spectrum. Thank you. So... You can sit there, not you, but like the media or whoever can sit there and preach inclusivity all day long, but until they're actually doing it, we're never going to have inclusivity. And this just proved that. Yeah. That being on the other end of that spectrum, they're, all of those people, and those are all people who preach inclusivity, are right. the people that are hating. Yeah, I, well, I was going to say, I can um, think of... Um, I was trying to think of people who I listen to, like um, Summer In and In, in um, Don't or Eat the Rules podcast. Her podcast is phenomenal for intuitive eating and disordered eating, and the thought process that goes into um, ha- now disordered eating is different from eating disorder, mm-hmm. but the thought process is very similar, and the unhealthy triggers and things are very similar. Also, it's just like not taking that next step to like actual not eating or barfing or you know all mm-hmm. of those things. So. She's someone good to listen to to educate yourselves on um, 
the thoughts that go into someone, a person who's got disordered thoughts around food, eating, body image, all that stuff. Um, but I, I'm trying to, off the top of my head, I'm like spacing. There's a couple others that I really, really like to listen to, but I can't. We'll um, put them in the show notes. Yeah, on Fuck Yourself with Carol Car- yeah, That's a good one too. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, but I do think that my, what I just would like to request of people listening, that if you made it all the way through the episode, um, honestly, is just to educate yourself on eating disorders and uh, the trauma and the thought processes that go on inside the mind of someone with an eating disorder. And if you are struggling or dealing with an eating disorder, please, if you need someone to talk to, the, the National Eating Disorders Association helpline helps tons of people. I will put the number in the show notes, but they really help people who are dealing and struggling with this on uh, a personal level for free without insurance. It's all free. You know, it's a mm-hmm. national helpline. It's incredible. And just educate yourself on eating disorders and disordered eating, I think, because it's not fat phobic to think you're mm-hmm. fat if you're not fat. Well, yeah, and that's that's the other thing is to also know that, I mean, you're not alone and struggling with thoughts like that, and you're not wrong for struggling with thoughts like that. Yeah, no, not in any way, shape, or form. Like you, you can't, I don't know, when you've got that internal dialogue that is so, con- like so negative about yourself, like... I don't know. Just you're you're not alone, and that exhausting. it's exhausting. I mean, we've both been there. We both still struggle with that in different ways. But don't let this give you the wrong message. I guess this whole situation with Taylor, no, like it's actually an empowering message with, that she shares. So, in 100%, my opinion, so. read the lyrics. Listen to like the song is her lyrics are powerful, and don't let this situation override the fact that it is important to be vulnerable and you're not wrong for the way that you feel. No. And you don't let anyone tell you that you are because it's bullshit. Right. I concur. That's my last two cents. 100% I concur. <laughs> I guess I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> <sighs> now that we're off that, I guess we'll just have to check off and s- check off. <laughs> Well, it's been a long day. It has. I'm now I'm like spacing out, making no sense. But anyways, thanks for tuning in, and we will yes. see you guys same time, same place next week. Bye. Bye.